When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We are your hosts, James and Anthony. Welcome to the weekly chat number 36. Let's discuss the holiday weekend. Hello and happy holidays, movie friends. We hope you had a wonderful holiday weekend. Jim, you're back in LA from your trip. How you doing? I'm back, baby. He's let's back. go. Let's go. Also, we have New Year's this weekend, so true, we're yeah. wishing you all a wonderful uh, New Year. Upcoming on Sunday is January 1st, so, so Saturday new night. New Sunday. Saturday night is New Year's Eve. That's pretty excellent. Wow. Uh, my trip was excellent. Sorry if my voice sounds exhausted. I'm very tired. I didn't get much sleep last night. Poor guy. Been traveling all day, but I had a wonderful trip back home to Massachusetts to see all the family, to see everybody. Uh, unfortunately, some plans were mixed up be- or had to be changed because some people in the family got sick, others didn't get sick. So I was but just, yeah, a lot of people in the family got sick. It's bouncing around yeah, everywhere. It's too bad. And not and only uh, two people had COVID, but three other three other people, four other people, is other things besides COVID. A whole family of people. You, for, you yeah. forget that other sicknesses are are, are out there besides yeah. COVID. Well, I was talking to our nephew. I was talking to him because he was the only one who wasn't really sick in his family, but everyone else was. And I I'll to- I told him I never get sick, and it's, it's probably because. You know, he's a kid. He hangs around with other kids, and kids are big germ spreaders. Buckets of disease. Yeah, and families are just like, they're dealing with all that, and uh, I'm not around kids, so <laughs> it's rare for, It's rare for me to actually get sick. Same for you. Also, we're pretty healthy guys, so yeah, we rarely pretty get healthy. sick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had some vegetables today. I had celery, carrots, I saw you broccoli. eat that celery. Yeah. You ate it up like a like a, like a a beast. Actually, I made a, a, a blended drink out of it. I smelled it, it in, the, in the blender. But it was, I needed a detox. I went to use the shake, and then it smelled like celery. I was like, what the in hell carrot, happened in here? carrots. <laughs> <laughs> Quick detox from the weekend. Lots of, lots of cookies, lots of sweets, lots of wine. And lots of laughs and spent time spent with loved ones is wonderful. I also have two excellent traveling stories. I want to hear them. So I I, I, I don't know them because you said you were saving them. So I pulled an Anthony at the airport. But oh, that's, so you can't call it an Anthony because I only did it once. You did it first. Okay, that's true. <laughs> so, but I'm going to save that for a second because that's the big story. The first story is more of just like a uh, a pet peeve of people on planes People, how do you feel about people who take their shoes off on a plane? Terrible. It's horrible. The guy it's not ne- your living room. The guy next to me, first of all, smaller than me, shorter, small, like smaller body size. And he's like, he's I was the aisle seat, he's middle seat. He kept moving his leg like wide, sp- man spreading, like into my area. Like, really? The arm like rests, entering your space? Entering my space. The armrests are like, that's the, that's line. the border. Keep yeah. your knees in between that yeah. spot. That's why I got the aisle seat so I can left my. So I can man spread. Yeah, <laughs> but you got the seat. Yeah, yeah, I got the aisle seat for that. Yeah, this guy, I had to do a, a, a couple of those to him because he's just uh-huh. like this, and then his foot. He takes his shoes off. These big, he's wearing these big boots. It takes him like three minutes to get them off. As oh soon as he God. gets on the plane, as soon as the, the plane starts moving, 
He takes off these boots. They're the lace boots that like, like go around the the little things. Yeah, so yeah. it's just like the little knobs. It's a, yeah. it's a pain in the butt. Wait, wait. To take so off. right after takeoff, he took these shoes off. Starts taking these boots Jesus, off. Jesus, a waste of no time. And why'd you wear the uncomfortable boots? You gonna look cool? And immediately he puts his left foot on his right knee. So his so his his foot with no sock with no shoe. He's got socks on. It's just right next to my face, basically like Jesus. a foot foot and a half from my face. Fortunately, they didn't smell. But he had this. He had his shoes off the entire flight. Still unsanitary. And. He would even, when he went to the bathroom three times, he he didn't put his shoes on to go to the bathroom. He went to the airport bathroom. He walked all the way up the, the entire plane with his socks on only and went to the bathroom. In the airplane bathroom, which gets pretty nasty mid-flight, 80 with pe- 80 socks 80 people using on. a small bathroom, yeah. Socks! I've never seen that before. That's how you get athlete's I'm, foot. I mean, I've seen people wear take their shoes off but to walk through and go to the bathroom without shoes on that's insane i was just like flabbergasted i've never seen that before yeah i mean what do you what's the point like what are you doing why are you wearing those boots i don't know you wear boots that are they're aesthetically cool but not not comfortable on purpose I mean, and, I don't, I don't and here's the it. kicker i don't want to be a judgmental guy but he was drawing photos of himself with his head that he photoshopped onto like other images and so he's drawing his himself as like images Sounds like a really weird dude. <laughs> I gotta say, but the, that's the, a weird, the no that's shoes a weird person. going up and down the plane is a, a, a three-year-old shirt. Sure, yeah. But I don't know. I, I that's kind of weird to me. It's what, not sanitary. What were? Did you notice like any? Specific, not that bottoms of shoes are sanitary, but yeah. Did you notice specifically any of the characters he was drawing himself as? Did you recognize any? Of them? Honestly, it looked like Paul Trades. <laughs> 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 it was someone with like a tunic kind of ward outfit with blue eyes, and then he. He had a, it was but a, used it was, his it was face. A, it was a cartoon drawing of it. It was a really good drawing, but then he he photoshopped a, his a selfie photo of himself uh-huh. on top of the face, uh-huh. and then he was drawing his own version of the image with his head on it. Weird. That's weird. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> I guess, man, you gotta pass the time somehow. Yeah. Um, all right. What's the other story? All right. Hold on. I need a sip of water for this one because this oh, one was apparently this is a big one. Good thing I'm a runner. All I'm gonna say is good thing I'm a runner. <laughs> So we all know Anthony's story where, what was it, a year ago, you left one of your cell phones when you had both a smartphone and a flip phone. You this is like two years ago because oh yeah. Yeah, I've had the smartphone only for two years. 2020, I think, yeah. or 2020, 2020. 2021. And uh, you left like, what, you left you left the flip phone somewhere yeah. at one gate yeah. while you were going to go to the other gate? The gate changed um, to the other side of the airport. And so I went to the new gate, but I left my phone at the old gate. And then they brought my flip phone to the furthest gate away from that previous gate because that's where they kept their lost and found. So it was completely on the other side of the terminal. But you ended up being the guy that's running through the airport. Yes, I did. Thank God it was still mask wearing time. So I was just wearing my mask so no one could actually see me. Which I, I hey, felt, isn't that the guy from Raiders of Lost podcast? Well, I just don't not not to be recognized, <laughs> but just I didn't want people like looking at my face, knowing that I, was, I get it. the I was, shame. Yeah, the shame. It's shame. So I got to avoid the shame really because all the people saw were my eyes. So that was very helpful. But I did have to run across the airport uh, both ways to get my flip phone and then make it back through the flight on time, and right. I did. Cool. So I had to run three times. Three times. So this is what happened. I had a. I was flying from Los Angeles to JFK in New York for a layover, and then I was flying from JFK to Boston. So my flight to JFK was American Air—I mean, yeah, American Airlines. And then I was going to switch terminals to JetBlue and fly JetBlue to Boston from JFK. Now, they partnered during, like, lockdown and COVID because I think one of them was going out of business, but now they, yeah, they operate together the other, now. Yeah. And obviously, they're in different terminals in every airport they're in. And, and JFK is a huge goddamn airport. 
And it's like you have to take shuttles to get to other terminals because they're really far away. There's like highways and stuff. I don't think I've ever been to JFK. It's massive. It's uh, I think it's the first time I've ever been. I've been to the Denver airport, which is enormous as well. But that's actually just like one giant structure, I feel like. But this one was just so different. And so what I had to do, I looked it up the night before, was I, I would have an hour. My flight was going to land at about 8.40 p.m. in JFK. And my flight to Boston was going to be at 9.45 p.m. So I had about yeah, an hour and five minutes yeah. to... Get off the plane, and then what you do is you have to switch from terminal eight to terminal five, and so you don't go through, you don't leave security because you you'd miss your flight. Yeah. So they actually JetBlue and American Airlines have a shuttle that uh, that runs between terminals five oh, and cool. eight, and so you you don't have to go through security. You just have to find the the shuttle stop, and then it comes like every fifteen minutes, and it goes through the runways and through all the planes on the just, tarmac. Yeah, you're just driving around all the planes and everything. <laughs> That's cool. To get to the other terminal because this airport's so massive. So I was like, I get off the plane and I'm like making great time. I'm speed walking. I'm like, I'm going to be the first one at the shuttle. Like, this is great. Just like dad. I like, I had like 50 <laughs> minutes to get my 945 flight. I'm like, this is going to be fine. That shuttle comes every 15 minutes. I found the shuttle area. Some lady put me in an elevator. She's like, just go down. And yeah, that's it down there. You're like 60 minutes ahead I'm of cool. schedule. And uh, so I get down there and I'm like, all right, I made it. And there's some other people down at the bottom of that elevator where you have to wait for the shuttle to come and they just put you on the shuttle. And I'm like, oh, awesome. They're like, yeah, I'll be here in like five minutes. I'm like, all right, cool. And so then I looked down. I had my, I had carried this big duffel bag suitcase that has wheels. So it's kind of like a hybrid suitcase. It's a great bag. It's, it's excellent. And it's like 50 pounds because it's, it's packed. And uh, I, I looked down. I, I push it. I put it down on the ground. And then I realized that I don't have my backpack on. Oh, no. I also travel with my backpack where I keep my laptop, my hard drives, all my important stuff. My charges, everything's in that backpack. <laughs> All your electronics. But like my the business for my side of things is on my laptop and on my hard drive, <laughs> which means I should probably back it up. Yeah, yeah. So, you give me bullshit. You give me shit about hard drives. You don't even have yours backed up. I, All the shit you give me. Hey, nothing. I, I got nothing. You just froze. I just haven't backed up in six months. Uh-huh. That's quite a long time. Qu- quite a long time. Quite. No, you're telling me. So yeah, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it anymore. So I was like, God damn it. I, I, and I looked at everyone down there. I'm like, I don't have my bag. They're like, uh, okay. I'm like, I have to go. So I'm like, holy crap. I have 50 <laughs> minutes. I had just probably walked, I want to say about a half a mile easy to get from the gate that I arrived at to get to the shuttle, uh-huh. which is going to take me to the next terminal. Because remember, I have to go to another terminal. I have to mm-hmm. take a shuttle to a terminal. So you realize you forgot your backpack before you stepped onto the shuttle? Yeah, the shuttle hadn't arrived okay. yet. But I had walked about a, easily a half mile up too big, up an escalator, down an escalator to get to this shuttle location. And um, so I was like, holy crap. And the lady's like, just go to the, the closest American Airlines gate and, and ask them to call somebody. I'm like, okay. So I run up <laughs> the escalator. I go to the first gate I see. It's 12. I landed at, at gate 43. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's a lot of gates. So like the lady's like, excuse me. I'm in a huge emergency. She's like, this is not customer service. Customer service is over there. I'm like, where? She's like, over there. I'm like, okay. So I run to customer service, and I'm like, I'm like out of breath because I'm carrying this goddamn bag. Um, and I'm like, all right, I have an emergency. I left my backpack on the plane that I just arrived at 10 minutes ago. And I also have a connecting flight that I have to get to JetBlue Terminal for Terminal 5. <laughs> so you, you thought your, your backpack was on the old plane? It was. It might have still been there. Because uh-huh. it had been like 10 minutes, yeah, not yeah, even, because yeah. I literally got off the plane. And started moving. Yeah, I started booking it. To, well, not booking it, but just like speed walking to the uh-huh. shuttle. So, oh, okay. So you know, you didn't like stop and just leave it to somewhere. You, no. You were just going from the plane to the shuttle. So me and this, this woman who is 
being very kind and trying to help me. She's trying to get someone on the phone, but she's like, I can't, I can't get anyone on the phone. I don't know anyone's number over there because there's no button to like call gate 43 on their phone. She's using her cell phone to call colleagues, American airline colleagues, and she can't get anyone on the phone. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to run there, I think, and see if my bag's there. She's like, it's probably off the plane. And I mean, it's on you, but. If I were you, I would file a, 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 a claim. Oh, no way. And I'm Go like, get that bag. I'm like, file a claim so I don't get my bag? She's like, yeah, you should probably just file a claim. I'm like, I'm going to run. She's like, <laughs> okay, it's on you. I'm like. It's I, like I, a movie. Like I check my phone. Gump. It's like, it's past 9 o'clock. It's like 9.05. I have like 40 minutes to get to gate 43 and then get back to the shuttle stop and then take the shuttle to terminal five and find my gate yeah because american airlines also terrible with information in in a lot of different ways i couldn't even find what gate my next flight was on on my phone i didn't get it i I just had to show up to the terminal and like find my gate which isn't that hard but still i'd like to know yeah yeah. advance like like you know when you go to the airport you like you go to security and you make sure your gate exists and everyone's like okay there it is let me go get a cup of coffee yeah yeah. everybody (laughs) does like i like to know that i'm I'm gate c8 you know i want to know i want to know in advance oh yeah i think everyone has that likes that have that sense of security i I like that security so i'm like all right so i put my giant suitcase on my shoulder and i'm booking it dude i am running Thank God the airport's not that busy and it's a big airport. You're bobbing and weaving through people. I'm not, it's not that bad. Uh-huh. It's, it got worse later on, and I have to go up stairs. So I'm running up like a hundred step escalator, and then I'm sorry that was my alarm to record something. I think. Hold on, let me check what that was for before I ruin the story. It's already ruined. <laughs> so I'm running up this escalator that has like a hundred steps, booking it up. And then I'm going down one that has a hundred steps. And I'm like, oh, like the really big ones, huge escalators, yeah, yeah, yeah. huge dude. Yeah. JFK is massive. And then I'm bucking and I'm bucking and I'm bucking it. And I, and I, like four minutes later, I make it to my uh, my gate that I arrived at, 43. It's closed. There's no one there. <laughs> the plane is gone. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, he's there. <laughs> my vacation hadn't even just my trip just started. You like, didn't even get to Boston yet. Didn't even get to Boston. I'm like, it's it's over. <laughs> what the hell? I'm screwed. And like, I have. I have to make a decision. Do I like try to, I'm like, do I try to find my bag and keep looking or try to get someone help? Or do I just go for the shuttle and go for my flight and make sure I don't miss the flight? I'd go for the bag because even when the um, time begins for boarding, you still have 30, 40 minutes sometimes before the plane even starts moving off the gate. So exactly. I would have done what you did. It's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Even though I was going to risk it. <laughs> I was going to risk it for the biscuit. I was going to risk it even though I was might miss the shuttle because the shuttle is also I had to wait for as well. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's no telling. If I miss the flight, it's probably going to be because of the shuttle. So I was like, screw it. I got to get the bag. I got to get the, the my M1, my, my Mac and my hard drive. They're pretty important. And so uh, <laughs> I'm like, what do I do? And I keep, I look around and I see like three women huddled like, across the gate in some seats and they look like they have American Airlines outfits on and like they they work their uniforms so I go over I'm like excuse me I just my plane just arrived here I left my bag on this plane but it's gone I have to catch a flight in like 35 minutes in terminal 5 is there any way that you can call someone or if my bag is around here somewhere? They're like, oh, yeah. Oh, you're the guy. You're the bag. Yeah, the bag that got left. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm that guy. Oh, so they definitely worked on that plane then. If yeah, not, awesome. they knew the situation. Yeah. And um, they didn't work on the plane, but they were, they oh, were gotcha, like, gotcha. there right there. Yeah, so yeah. they knew that the terminal they people, took yeah. a, a bag off the plane. So one lady's like, yeah, you, I don't know where it is. It's outside security. Some other, then I'm like, oh, so I have to leave security? She's like, yeah, you have to leave security. Jeez. And I'm, and then some other lady's like, no, you don't have to leave security. Let me call <laughs> this guy's name. 
And then she calls him and she's like, can you bring that bag up? Yeah, that, that backpack that was left on the plane. And she's like, okay, go over there by those escalators and wait. Someone will be there. <laughs> and I'm like, which escalators? She's like, over there, take a left and it should be on the left. And just like, I'm like, what if these are like the wrong instructions? <laughs> so I get to the- Why, first of all, that first lady- Oh my God! You have to like imagine if you did followed her advice. The first two ladies yeah. file a claim, and then oh, you're screwed. You have to leave security to yeah. get it. Um, thank God this other lady was there because Man. she like actually knew the situation. And so I go on wait by the escalators. Time is running out to get to that shuttle, <laughs> and I'm, only I'm sweating. But as long as I get the backpack, whatever, I'll take another flight. It's only an hour away. Like there's definitely probably some other flights before oh, the yeah, night's over. Absolutely, to get to Boston. No big deal as long as I get the bag. Some guy shows up with the bag. I'm like, thank you so much. So I grab my backpack, put that on, and I throw the suitcase back over my shoulder, and I start booking it again back to the shuttle location, another like half mile, three quarters miles away, all the way at gate 13, which is where it's at. I get there. The same lady who let me down the elevator, she sees me coming up, and I'm sweating. She's like, She's like, you found it. I'm like, yeah, I got my bag. I got it. <laughs> you look terrible. She didn't. She didn't think I would do it. No one thought I could do it, man. Yeah. No one no thought one I could do it. You. No one believed in me. The last lady believed in you. Yeah, you're right. She believed in you. Well, she didn't know the situation though. Yeah. That like I had like 30 minutes to get to a uh, different terminal, and I'm like, do I have time? She's like, yeah, you should be okay. Like in the tone that's like, I don't know. Man. We'll see. We'll I mean, see. I mean, this is not a yes. <laughs> so I get down the elevator to the shuttle location to take the shuttle to Terminal Five from Terminal Eight at JFK. And uh, there was one coming in like a f- in like five minutes, so I'm like, okay, there are other people waiting. Um, I'm assuming they were doing the same kind of transfer as me, so I'm like, okay, there's definitely one coming. Uh, hopefully, I don't miss it. And so, thank goodness, uh, the shuttle came within like five minutes. I get on it with everybody else. And, you know, we're driving to Terminal Five, and I'm still, che- I mean, Terminal, yeah, Terminal Five. I'm still checking my watch. I'm like, this is gonna be pretty tight, like <laughs> this terminal, because we kept stopping because you have to. Anytime a plane's gonna yeah, move, yeah, you yeah. have to. Obviously, the shuttle has to stop while the plane's getting moved. And then we we get to the JetBlue terminal. It'd be funny if you like hijack the shuttle. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I gotta go. Open the doors. <laughs> so then we get to the JetBlue terminal. Obviously, I can tell because all the JetBlue planes are out there, but we can't park yet because. Some dude has one of those suitcase-carrying trucks just blocking the the place where we're supposed to park with his truck. And our shuttle driver is like, stops the the shuttle. He's like yelling outside. So I was like, "Hey, move your truck! Oh my god, move the truck!" The guy's just—you could see him just on his smartphone, just like scrolling and like not—he can't hear a thing because it's, it's outside of an yeah, airport. Yeah, it's loud yeah. as hell. So he's trying to walkie-talkie. Where like a couple more minutes go past, like five minutes go past, and then finally, like a walkie-talkie, someone gets the guy's attention. He moves the truck. Shuttle pulls up to the terminal. I get off the plane. I get into the terminal. I'm like booking it. First thing I see, first time I see uh, a departure list, I, I find my my gate C8. I'm like, let's go. I'm at I'm at C24. I'm like, all right, we gotta run again. <laughs> I'm like I have like 15 minutes. I think it was like probably like 9:30, yeah. 9:35, which means like your flight boarding time was uh, it was departure at 9:45. Oh wow, yeah. So I'm like, oh, I gotta book it because yeah. hopefully they let me on the plane. And so I'm booking, I'm booking it. I find C C11, C10. C9, C8, there it is. And like, I thought it had already been getting boarded. So I like just went to the tickets location. I'm like, I'm like, is the plane boarded yet? And the guy's like, it hasn't, hasn't boarded at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's delayed. It's delayed 50 minutes. 50? Yeah, it got delayed 50 minutes. So like all that sprinting, all that was for nothing because the plane was ended up being delayed. The irony. (laughs) All that, knowing you, I'm sure you were just like a sweaty mess, like panicking. Not that sweaty, but. 
no, no, yeah. If I wasn't in, if I wasn't in running shape, though, dude, like I don't know if a lot of people could have made that. Yeah, it was, it was a hike. I had, I probably ran like two and a half miles. And they, it, American Airlines, like it wasn't updating on your bo- on your I, online boarding pass. No, because on my online boarding pass, all of that was updated was my estimated time of arrival was pushed an hour, but uh-huh. the takeoff departure time was still nine forty five. Oh man. Man, they could have fucking fixed that app. Yeah, like, <laughs> like if you were, like if you just checked your app and it said um, departure time ten forty five, you would have been chilling. I would have been walking. I would have yeah. gotten a, a. You would have gotten a coffee, glass of wine. Yeah. I would have yeah. chilled. You would have been. Uh, been ca- I would have moonwalked to the show yeah. stop. Man, because because sometimes I've had I've seen it. Usually all the time, JetBlue boarding passes online the app. They'll update it, but every, there's been a couple of times where it didn't update. United I, I, Airlines is good about updating. Yeah. But um, I suppose like man, it just must be American Airlines. American Airlines must just suck. <laughs> Apparently, I'm sorry you went through that. It sounds terrible. Well, I mean, it's my fault. Yeah, but the thing is, so I was. I so was, where was your backpack on the plane? So this is what happened. This is what I'm I curious. was aisle seat, and uh-huh. you know the the plane parks at the gate, and then like the ding goes off, then everyone kind of like stands up if you're in aisle seat, so you can like stretch your legs. I always like to do. That's one of the main reasons why I do aisle seat because when the plane stops. We all get up. I stand up. You do the same thing. We both I like to just stand up in the aisle. Yeah, and so you can st- you can stand for twenty minutes rather than continue sitting. Yeah, I'm not trying to like oh, I gotta get up there as soon as possible. I just like to stand up yeah. and like stretch my legs yeah. after sitting down. But there are people who are like, I need to get my bag right away. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking door's not even open. So um, <laughs> so I, so what happened was I was running through it in my head. So I had my backpack on. And I had my suitcase down and I, like I was maybe five rows away from people of my row about to deboard the plane. But I could feel the air outside and it was like 12 degrees outside in, in, in JFK in New York. So I was like, actually, I should probably just put like my sweatshirt on. I'm kinda, it's kind of chilly out. So I take my backpack off. I go through my suitcase. I'm rummaged through it. I grab uh, my sweatshirt, put that on. And then I realized when I was playing it back in my head, I didn't put my backpack back on. So I had my backpack on. Took it off to put on my sweatshirt and then forgot my backpack on the plane. Where'd you leave your backpack? On your seat, you think? Yeah, on the seat. And nobody said anything? I'm sure someone said, yeah, no one said, the people, yeah, that's actually funny that the people. If someone did that, I would be like, excuse me, your backpack. I mean, I just saw you open it, put a, take a sweatshirt out of it, and then you place it down, and then you're leaving. Maybe no one was paying attention to me. Maybe it was that artist guy, that cartoonist guy. No, that was on the way to oh, on LAX. The way. Yeah, I mean, I guess no one was paying attention. I, I I feel like I wouldn't have missed that. Well, you're just such an observant dude, man. I try to be. <laughs> yeah, you think someone would be like, hey, I feel man, like you, someone, hey, you're surrounded you're, by people. Nobody saw you. Hey, mister, your backpack. I mean, because you got to think two people walk past your backpack through your aisle. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. You know what I mean? It's not like, I mean, they didn't think anything odd of a backpack just empty on the seat without anyone there when they left. I guess not, but I'm sure a couple of people behind me were like, hey, someone left the backpack here. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah. That's actually a good point. But anyways, it's still my fault. It is your fault. Oh, it's yeah. One of those, it's your fault. One of those weird brain things. Yeah. It's like, why, I, why did I even put my sweatshirt on? Because you were chilly. That was a little chilly, but like... Hey, I, there's nothing, no, that wasn't, the, the cold. that wasn't the problem. It's just that you never grabbed your backpack and put it on again. Yeah, but also like it was like I could have just waited until I got off the plane to do it. You could have. You were you're being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to feel cold. I'm fine in the cold. Really? Then why would you put your sweatshirt on? I don't know. It's just one of those things. Hey, I, I did a run in the in the freezing cold. Yeah, I'm, I was just kidding. You're not really a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you don't mind the cold. You're like, I, I've run in the cold. It's 15 degrees, you know. Wow. Six miles, no big deal. Help you wore gloves. I did. I did. <laughs> I thought I, I was, it was very cold. I, I remember because um, you texted me and you're like, I just had the fucking craziest airport experience 
Like, and I was just like chilling with Juno, just, just drinking coffee. I was like, that sucks. What did you guys do all weekend? Just hanging, watching movies? <laughs> he was hanging. Yeah, we watched a lot of movies, but I also edited the entire film. I did it in four days. Um, it was a, it was just a lot. Of, it was like eight to ten hours a day of editing, um, but I got it done. Beast mode. Oh yeah, I want I wanted to get it done for certain deadlines, but and then at night we watched movies. Nice. Yeah, we watched Eyes Wide Shut on Christmas night. That's <laughs> of course. You That's did. great. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. It was lot of, editing's uh, it's just a very time consuming thing, and also. You have to be very good at it to be able to do it that quickly because I like to think that you and I are very good editors. I easily have 10,000 hours logged of editing. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, we're like ma- we're literally like master level editors because we've done so many. If, what's that? Like 10,000 hours makes you a master of something? Yeah. Yeah, so we have that. And the thing with editing, it's it's it can be so intricate because you'll have like for a scene, it'll be like five takes of each actor uh, of each of their sides. And then you'll be like, oh, I love this, the way he said this line, but it doesn't match his position in the other shot. So you can't use it. And so you, and, but then you'll be like, but I still, but then, and then you'll find the, the right position, but the line maybe doesn't sound right or doesn't look right. And then you'll be like, okay, what, what if I, I can lace over two seconds of the other guy and then throw the good line under that, underneath that. So it's look, you're looking at the other actor while the other good line is being delivered. Uh, so you're always trying to like do these like tricks and you're you're using you're not always using the same audio take as you are using video take. Sometimes you can you can fake it to make the performances better and to make the scene feel better. So it's all sorts of like things and also matching positions of actors is so difficult sometimes. You know, we, there's a take where um one of the actors was leaning back in the chair the whole time and that's basically an unusable take. I didn't I didn't even notice it while we were filming. Because the, all the other shots, he's leaning forward. So you can't even use that take. You can maybe get away with it once in a you while. You use some of the audio. But I did, yeah. So I used some of the audio because ult- ultimately it had some of the stronger lines in it. Uh, but the majority of that footage from that actor was him leaning forward. So you can't use... You, you might be able to sneak one in, but if you throw in too many of him leaning back, the audience will notice, like, hey, he's leaning back in that shot, and then when we go to the other shot, he's leaning forward. So it's called continuity. Yeah, so the continuity of editing is really like where it makes or breaks the scene and sometimes I ran into a couple of problems where the continuity did not match at all but then I weaved in like these little little shots and uh, just kind of patched them up with uh, other shots that made it work so oftentimes it's not a perfect thing but uh, if you know what you're doing and you know how to work the scene and how to work and if you know the scenes really well you're like oh I remember there's this bit in this part let me find it. Okay, I can put it right there. So there's all sorts of like little things like that, little tiny nuances in editing to create both continuity um, with matching the positions of the actors as well as trying to show the best performance overall uh, by picking and choosing your favorite deliveries. But also not just favorite deliveries, but the deliveries all, like so like say for like if there's like an actor saying like five lines in a row, there'll you'll use like three or four different takes. But you got to make sure that the inflection and like the pacing of the mall is pretty good because I remember there was a really good like two lines that he said, but it was too energetic compared to the line he said before it and it didn't match at all because he was pretty calm the way he said one line and then the, the lines that I really liked were just like very, um, very emotional and very loud and it, it didn't sound like it was a say he was saying he, it didn't sound like it was a person saying one thing so you have to 
cut sometimes your favorite bits because it doesn't work in the scene. So it's all sorts of so many little tiny things. And it took me, I would say, like almost a day just to do the bar scene, which is super important. Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons why someone like Fincher shoots so many takes. He has yeah. so much to work with. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame him, honestly. And I always say... I always say that, and this is why we bring up editing a lot whenever we're talking about a movie. We talk about editing almost every time we talk about a movie, I feel like, especially mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. Because editing and sound are the two most underappreciated elements of any film or any production. You know, they're arguably the two most important as well. It doesn't matter who your cast is or your cinematographer or your director. If the movie doesn't sound good and it's not edited well, it's unwatchable. You know, like the little things. That's a That's a movie that... Oh, the little I couldn't things. make it through that movie, and I made a. I actually made a video essay about that movie of why great. I couldn't watch it because, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, because of the editing was like the, the essay was yeah. great, not the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The video essay was great because the editing makes it unwatchable for for me personally. That movie in particular, they were cutting every second. It was so fast. And it, it, and it, so it was jarring. it was a cut every second, regardless of the scene. And it was I couldn't. I we were getting like headaches uh, from watching it. Yeah, I don't know if it was a studio decision or the editor's decision or filmmaker's decision, but it was jarring. But editing can make and break a movie. So it can't sound. Yeah, and the and the thing with the sound is it's tricky. Luckily, we have Jacob who's going to be doing a great sound mix on it. But today. I did all the sound editing, which is basically you're lacing clips together because so I did the cut, all the cuts. So it will cut from an actor for two seconds to the another actor for three seconds, back to the other actor for a few seconds, back to the other actor. For a few, so the, the cuts visually are happening, but audio wise, it doesn't always match, especially if the, the room tone is different per take. So sometimes, especially like in the bar scene in particular, there were some cars driving by sometimes and then sometimes the room was a little louder in terms of its tone. Uh, and there was a bit of a hum sometimes. Just just room ambiance got a little too loud sometimes. And when you're cutting those clips with clips where it isn't that loud, it's extremely noticeable, especially when you cut from from shot to shot. It'll just be like quiet tone for two seconds, loud tone, quiet tone, loud tone. So the way to get around that is you try to balance out the audio levels for both for all the shots while also lacing the audio together. So you're you're basically overlapping the edges of each audio clip. And loop in, in basically like in a way cross dissolving them essentially so that it flows better. So it's not as jarring. You if to a good ear you'll hear the change in tone, in tone, the change in volume, the subtle subtle subtleness of it. But it's not going to be like noticeable to the untrained ears. Um, so I've done I did that today. It took a while, especially for the exterior shots because um, there's there's quite a bit of action and there's a lot of cuts at a certain point. And so those were kind of tricky to uh, do the audio editing of. And I also added a lot of Foley art today. We we got so much great Foley art on site during the filming. Um, and I was able to use like uh, sounds from unused takes to, and I put them into using takes to use takes so that it was sound. It sounds like the, cause it's really the site. It's really the location. It's really that dirt in that area. So it really, it matches perfectly. So I did the sound editing and Foley art today. Um, and we're going to go through the, through the cut today and make any notes we need to make. And then hopefully we can send it over to, uh, our guy Jacob to do the sound mixing soon. No, excuse me, my throat, all the traveling. Yeah. Foley is is the, when you reproduce sound effects in post-production for your scenes and for your movies, for your TV show forever. Most of the sound effects you see in a movie or a show, they're made in post-production. The Foley artists, that's what they do for a living. 
And so at, and when you are working efficiently, you can get your Foley in the same locations that you're making the uh, film. Obviously, it's not the best way to do it, but sometimes like when we were in the desert, we actually had to do, when everyone left, we did Foley art of like the specific crunching of those leaves in the I use some plants. of your footprints. Yeah, and the steps and everything. Yeah, first steps, to, I'm sorry. Just yeah. get our own authentic steps of the location. I did every kind of step you could imagine of running, walking, skipping, or dragging your feet, dragging your feet slowly, dragging your feet quickly, uh, heavy feet, light feet, tiptoeing, every kind of sound effect your feet make. Like I did that for about five to ten minutes. In addition to something else that a lot of people may not know is when you're when you're filming in a location, interior or exterior, you got to get what's called room tone or exterior tone or sound tone where for just a for a minute or so you're getting the audio the ambient audio of your location with complete silence just to pick up the ambient noise of the location the interior the room the exterior to use to underlay all the audio you're going to use in that scene so it blends seamlessly together and no matter what you're not without a background ambience of the scene and that ties to what I was talking about where when you're cutting from shot to shot the cuts can be jarring audio wise but when you have the room tone laced underneath it, it provides basically a blanket of coverage for an audience to not even hear the cut. So that otherwise, it, 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 yeah. masks, it masks the cut audio-wise. Yeah, otherwise it's jarring. And it's yeah. like you, you, I'm sure you see it in like TikTok clips or Instagram clips. It's just like it's a new cut, but it sounds different. Yeah. Or you hear a different background noise. Mm -hmm. And it's extremely, extremely unprofessional. But so then you, gotta, you, you gotta fix but it. But then when you get the tone, you have that as a safety blanket so that the cuts you don't hear. You don't hear the cuts at all. And you can mask them if there is some kind of difference between the clips. Yeah, the, the tone worked out really well in all of the scenes. And it's a good thing we remembered every time, bro. <laughs> yeah. That was in the back of my head every shoot. I'm like, we gotta get tone, we gotta get tone. There was um, but there was a problem with the labs. I I I actually took out the labs and so the audio is recorded in multiple channels with all the microphones they use. They use two labs and then a boom mic, and I I except for a few shots, I took the labs out of everything because they were making there was too much friction on them and they were rubbing on the clothing. It was nice to have uh, for the extremely wide shot we used out in the desert. That audio sounds very good, but. Too often you could hear the the scraping and rubbing of the microphones because uh, he put them underneath their clothes. So I ended up, before I even edited, I went through all the audio. And for any audio where the labs were making noise, I just cut them out. And sometimes they picked up, picked up a little too much background noise too as well. So I cut them out that, that, in the, out of those channels as well. And then m most of, of the film is mostly boom. But then the boom uh, mic is yeah. the mic that's just like held above someone's face. Yeah, so that's that's the best mic, and I was happy with the boom mic in every scene. So, uh, but the labs did really work out in the super wide shot we did. You remember Jim in the desert, and it actually sounds very good for a lot of those takes. So I kept it in those, but for the most part, I eliminated the the labs from all of the audio channels because they were just constantly making noise. But it was nice to have it. it was, yeah, it was nice to hear thing. it. Um, to see if we could pick anything else up, but it's mostly unusable. It's good backup, though. Yeah, it was know. nice to have. It's, it's good to have. Yeah, like to have both the boom and the labs recording at the same time. You'd be surprised how good labs are. In, they in are right, in quite the right good. Situations, yeah, with not like people like bumping into each other or like. Yeah. Or the problem. The problem was if, even if it wasn't scratching or rubbing, every time an actor moved, you would hear it. You know what I mean? And it, it was too way too loud. Um, yeah, I'm surprised he didn't put like a, a little um, thing over and, it. Yeah, he didn't put anything over Pop it. Pop filter yeah. over it or something. I think, um, well, he, so otherwise the audio sounds fantastic, but what generally what he main, mainly does for work is interview stuff. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And then the mic's always visible. So I'm not sure he was used to working in narrative. Although the audio, it came out really beautifully with the boom. 
the labs, I think, if they had a filter on it, uh, something to def- diffuse it and to, to prevent it from rubbing, really, uh, it would have sounded a lot better. So I, that's probably why he didn't have yeah, something for that. that. makes sense. Yeah. Hey, it sounds great either yeah. way. I'm super, I, I couldn't be happier with the sound. It's excellent. And I can't wait, can't wait, honestly, I'm super excited to hear the final mix once it's done. I'm, I can't wait to watch the, the two cuts because I just got home five hours ago and we went to the gym in Trader Joe's. I was like, I came home, I needed a cup of coffee. I'm like, I need to go burn some calories, bro. Let's and go. I was like, I was editing all day and I was like, fuck it, I'm coming too. I need a lift. I need to lift some heavyweights. <laughs> Let's go. It's chest day. Killed it. It was a blast. <laughs> it's packed. It was packed. Christmas, I have not Christmas seen it vacation. that busy. All the college kids are out, man. Yeah. And, the, and so many all people, the squads are out. And so many people have work off right now. Yeah, it's true, yeah. But it, it was nice to, to nice to work out. But I'm <clears throat> I'm very happy with the film. I made two versions. I made a I, I made a director's cut, which has everything we shot. And then I made a what I think is a better, you could say a theatrical cut. I think it's a better cut where the festival cut. The festival cut where we trimmed out unnecessary scenes and the movie flows much better. It's much faster and concise, and it's under 20 minutes, which is important. So the the original cut is 26 minutes, and then what I what we would call the festival cut is 18:50. So it's under 20 minutes is really where we want to be. Yeah, it's unfortunate that we'll have to cut scenes for submissions, but I mean it works better as a short this way. I think, anyways, it was kind of just like a mini narrative. It was like a mini, mini. Movie. It, was it was like, like a, a film. I mean, that's where a short yeah, film yeah. is, but it was like it was too much. Was like a, a, there were too, too many much, scenes. It was too much character development, is what it was. It's too much character. Short development. films shouldn't have it. They sh- in retrospect, I I wrote like a, a like a thirty minute feature film. I remember day two of filming. I'm like, I don't think we're, gonna get, are, we're yeah. not going to get this over under twenty minutes. Still, I'm glad we did it. Yeah. It was it was still a lot of fun. Yeah, and, you know, oh, it's excellent learn, learning. Learned experience. a lot. Um, and I did. I really enjoyed the filming processes of every scene. It's practice. Yeah. So. But looking back and doing when I when I made the shorter edit and I watched it, I was like, "Oh, this is it. This is it. This is the way it should be." You know how you get to Carnegie Hall? <laughs> Practice. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Scott. Uh, no, it's actually Aldo Rain. Michael Scott says it. Carnegie Hall. Oh no, not Carnegie Hall. The Emmys. So when Conan hosted the Emmys for the second time, they made like a, a oh a the short, office yeah, yeah, yeah the they office made a script. short film where he he popped up on the set of multiple famous shows of that era yeah, yeah. and he fell down the ceiling of the office yeah and they're all like and then the drop down ceiling yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> and then um what's his, uh, hold on. Dwight's like Dwight's like Jim and then Jim's like I did not make. Conan O'Brien fall down the ceiling. Oh yeah, and then Conan yeah, hits it, on Pam. Yeah, he hits on Pam. He's like, if I didn't have to host the Emmys, I mean, I've Pam's me, pretty. Pam's, Pam's pretty, pretty cute. And then he goes, then he's, but he's like, how do I get to the Emmys? Does anyone know how I get to the Emmys? And then Michael walks out and he goes, practice. <laughs> <laughs> and then Conan leaves and he goes, and then Michael goes again. Practice is how you get. To the Emmys, and no one laughs, and they just backtracked into his office. Uh, yeah, it was I was great. I was quoting uh, Inglorious Bastards when. Oh he's, yeah, 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 when yeah. He's with um, speak of, of speaking of the office, uh, B.J. Novak's character. He says you get you're starting to get pretty good at that. Yeah, when he cuts up the face, you know yeah. how you get to Carnegie Hall practice. practice. <laughs> Think this this might just be my masterpiece. <laughs> But it's um, I can't wait to start color grading. Uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna do like a big <clears throat> rundown on the software because I started using a new editing software for this because it can handle the 6K footage really well. Also, it is the industry standard for color grading. It's called DaVinci Resolve. Oh yeah, I at first hated it, 
And now after using it for four days, I really like it. It's, you get used to it. It's it's yeah. good for editing when you're not using a lot of layers on top exactly. of each other. But yeah. when you're doing something like the podcast, I would never want to edit the podcast in DaVinci. Too many layers, it's harder to do. So many layers. Yeah. Um, but I I have I actually started really enjoying editing on it. It was it's pretty seamless and quite similar, but there are a couple of things where they don't have something that like a, a control function that Adobe has that DaVinci doesn't have, and you're like uh, like little things like there isn't a function to just close a project you have to it's like it's really complicated you, you, yeah. have, you have to quit the program and then open it because sometimes you want to close a project and open another one and that's just a simple thing on adobe but uh you have to actually quit davinci resolve then open it again to open the project you want to open instead things like that importing is a little weird also you can't just like you have to use the mouse to drag clips left and right you can't just um with adobe you can use the cursor arrows to just like move it over two frames if you want uh, you can just tap it. It's super, super easy. And then DaVinci doesn't have that function. Have you checked all the hotkeys out? I've checked everything. I can't figure out how to just drag something over without using the mouse. I, I've There's got to be a way. I can't remember. There must, uh, I must be a way, but like... Because I used DaVinci Resolve for six months, but this was back in like 2019. I used it exclusively for six months. Hated it at first, got used to it, but then went back to Adobe Premiere. Yeah. Ultimately, I, ultimately I do... I think I like Adobe better, but... DaVinci surprised me with how much I ended up liking it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's made specifically, also is made by Blackmagic Design. They yeah. Make, they, 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 have, yeah. they run DaVinci. But it has become like the standard for color grading in Hollywood. Oh, like, it's excellent like, built in. all major movies are color graded in DaVinci Resolve now. It's absurd. And, and yeah. this is a software that I just, it was only $300. Yeah. So it's a very, cool. very affordable software. They even have a really great free version, but we had to buy the, the, the paid version because... Uh, of our the specific codex of some of our footage, it, they're like, it, oh, you're shooting 6K. Uh, oh, oh right. you you show you shot on a Sony. Guess oh. what? You gotta you gotta buy it. Yeah, you want to keep editing, right? <laughs> you like Blackmagic yeah, Raw? Go, go back oh. to Premiere Pro. See how that works out if for you. If you're your editing 6K in footage, yeah. If you're editing in 4K, it's not a problem. But um, with some of our footage, I had to buy it so that it can actually edit with it. <laughs> That's how they get you. That's how they get you. All right, uh, let's go watch these cuts of the movie. Oh yeah, let's, I'm, and I'm also curious. hope you all have a great New Year this week and had a great holiday break. Also, for episodes this week, Monday we did an episode on Avatar: The Way of Water. Don't miss it. It was an excellent discussion. We went for like oh, about two hours on that one. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then tomorrow on Thursday we have an episode on Glass Onion: A Knives Out Mystery. We saw it in theaters back on November twenty third, but it just dropped on Netflix on December twenty third. Lots of buzz around this movie, and we hope you enjoy it and tune into the episode for sure. See y'all next time. And then, yeah, we're going to do episodes, yeah, I think, yeah. on The Whale, yeah. as well as we're going to see The Pale Blue Eye. we got to see Babylon. We're going to do an episode on Babylon, Babylon very soon, yeah. too. We're going to probably see that uh, this yeah, week yeah, yeah. at some point. Um, but, yeah, hope you all have a wonderful and safe new year. See you in 2023. Take care, everyone. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.